Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ray and Tay today. Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this Friday in September. Very emotional, special day. We'll get to that. But it's a day to also be happy and get ready for the sports weekend. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails, Today at gmail.com. Look up Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Ray Threw out some great Instagrams today, so check that out. So shout out to Serena. We see you, girl. Ah, crazy. But also check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com. Very interactive, a lot of fun. Ray, we've got tons to get into. We'll do college football week two, NFL picks week one last night. But we got all types of breaking news. And I think we should start with the U.S. Open. But first... Let's give a shout-out to all the people that we lost in the tragedy of 9-11. We're native New Yorkers. We were there. I, I used to work in Tower 7. Uh, just, a, just a lot went on that day, and our hearts and prayers go out to everyone, everyone we lost, survivors, family members, everyone. Thank you, and God bless you all. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say is, this is exactly why we do the show because in the grand scheme of things, sports is really just entertainment and we love it. And if it can provide a little bit of levity and a little bit of, you know, just put a smile on people's face, then we did our jobs. So, you know, nine eleven is a real life. And what we do here with Ray and Tay is we hope we put some smiles on your face. So let's keep it light. Let's talk about sports, but let's also put it in perspective. Of course. Well said. So the perspective is a little petite, cute girl from Italy named Vinci (laughs) takes down the Goliath in Serena Williams in the semis. OMG, W-O-W, what do you think? That was amazing. Serena loses. It, It really was. And that wasn't the formula that I thought. If Serena was going to go down, she won the first set 6-4. So you figured when Serena gets in trouble, she loses the first set, she crawls back and has a tight second set, and then she blows you out in the third set. So I thought that if Serena were to lose, that she would either lose that second set or just hit, hit a wall in the third set. But it was the opposite. She won the first set and then lost the next two, 6-4, 6-4, or 4-6-4-6. So... You know what? It just tells you that winning six matches in a major is not easy. And Serena did it 21 times, and she's done it three straight times in this calendar year, and four straight times if you go back to last year's U.S. Open. So Serena Williams is awesome. This doesn't take anything away from her being what we both consider the greatest female tennis player of all time. And you know what? There's some new kids on the block that are ready to ready to step up. It was just a little pause on history, you know. We haven't had a, a grand slam, you know, the, the calendar slam since Steffi Graf back in the 80s. So this, yeah. yeah, this was a little pause on things. 
And, you know, good for Vinci. I mean, that, that is a great story. But honestly, I hope she goes on to win the final now. That's, that's what you hope for. After, after a great upset like that, then you got to go ahead and, and do what, you know, Duke beat Kansas. You can't just beat UNLV and then lose. You got to go win the championship like America beating uh, Sweden, right? After, after right we took exactly. Russia, I was about so. to say that's exactly right. 1980 that's right. hockey, that's perfect. Yeah, so so we wish her well. And then on the men's side, the Joker took care of business, and now Roger is uh, he, he's doing it, but he's battling a little. What's uh, let's see, what is it? Six six four six three. Now yeah, Roger. Up, I t- uh, six one. So he just finished. I tell you what, Roger, I, I want to see if Roger has one more in him. Can he beat the you Joker? Know, you would think that Wimbledon would be the place for him, but let's see. I'm all let's in see. on Roger, Ray. You know I'm all in on Roger. Djokovic, uh, you know, took care of his match. Six, well, he took care of his match. And one, he took care two. of the, yeah. Exactly. Only, I was about to say only the, three defending games. Champ, the defending champ. The guy who basically took care of him, he beat him six love, six one, six two. Ha, yeah. How you like me now? So basically. Roger, oof, Roger's got <laughs> got a Novak in his prime waiting for him. Yeah, that listen, that's rough. So let's keep bouncing around. We got a full busy show. More crazy news. First of all, the Yankees are getting spanked in this four-game series. The last I saw was 8-1 against the Blue Jays. But, Ray, we lost our guy for the rest of the season, Mark Teixeira. Uh, is he going under the knife? He's having surgery? Or is he just done for the season? The broken, so, so it was a broken shin? Fractured the so shin? I heard, yeah, so it looked like a benign, you know, little foul ball, but he kept not coming back, and he kept getting yeah, second now, opinions and MRIs. Nine two. Yeah, they did. They did two or three more MRIs. That's fascinating. Yeah, and and the normally clear cut. So, so we got to so, rely yeah. on Bird. Bird. The Bird is the Bird is the word at first base, and it's just this is a big series, and to get spanked like this off the bat, I mean, they jumped on us huge. Now it's nine two, but. I tell you, the the it looks like the Blue Jays have the Yankees number this year. We'll get back to baseball next week, really. Yeah, Yankees are not ready, man, for these Blue Jays. And the Yankees are going to come down to a one-game play-in game, and good luck with that. You know. Well, at least it will be at home. That's all you can, you know, hold on to at this point and, and hold on for dear life, right, because yep. Texas is coming, they're coming, they're coming. And we know that their bats and now a couple of their arms are, are legit. So we, we, we got to talk about a sad note. We've lost another former NBA, but really a college star at Iowa, and his son plays for Orlando Magic. Roy Marble died of cancer. It was a Hodgkin's disease. I mean, it just, it's so sad. He was, what, mid-40s, I think, or 42 very young, and we remember him. He's a little bit younger than us, but we remember him at, at college at Iowa. And the shot, you know, he was he was clutch. They had a, a great team. I think he played with Brad Lowhouse, and um, or should I say, Brad Lowhouse? <laughs> Athletic, six four, six five, got up and down yeah. the court. You know, dying too young. That's like, like Wayman Tisdale. Same thing, you know. Think about how many basketball players we've lost in the last, last few years, yeah. four or five years. You know, we lost Wayman Tisdale. We lost Roy Gamble. We lost – and this past year we talked about this. We lost Jerome, Kersey, Roy, Tarpley, Anthony Mason, you know, Darryl too Dawkins. many – Daryl Dawkins, too many guys in their 40s and 50s. Now, cancer can strike anybody. But it seems like these basketball players in their late 40s, early 50s are going down too, too many too fast. It's, it's very sad. Now, in a positive note, you talk about second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Well, this could be chance five or six. I don't know. But Alden Smith signs a one-year deal with the Oakland Raiders and might suit up this Sunday. 
which is bizarre to me because I, I, I guess, what, they cut him so the NFL is not going to suspend him for, I guess, the supposed arrest, or did that pan out to be nothing? I guess so if he plays, right? I guess. And think about how many Raiders are ex-Niners, right? Maybe Jerry Rice started the trend. And then you got, even on this team right here, you got Michael Crabtree and Alden Smith, two guys that were big-time contributors. They love the Bay Area, Ray. They don't want to leave the Bay Area. Can you blame them? They live there already. So, like, let me go with Oakland. That's true. Those two stadiums are not that far from each other. Right, but too bad Oakland doesn't look like they'll be staying. It looks like they could be going to San San Antonio or San Diego or somewhere if they don't get to L.A. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Oh, Ray, it's just, yeah, you know. But, you know, sometimes movement can be good, but you hate to see a city like San Diego. But they've done it already. The Raiders have been to Oakland and No, no, that's what I mean. You just hate to see San Diego lose the Chargers and then not get anything. Because they've been yeah. good fans for a long time, and they've never had a winner. You know, even with all the great teams in the 80s, they just have never had a winner. Before we get to last night's business, business on the field and on the sidelines, a lot of guys just got a lot of money. We don't have to go through the numbers. But your boy A.J. Green was the last of the bunch to get his for $60 million. Eli, 84 Marcel Darius gets a big heist of payment, uh, just a little bit over Andamakan Sue, $45,000 over Sue. Luke Keekley is the highest paid inside linebacker. Um, what do you think about all these deals before the start of the season? And I guess really all of them, they had to be done. Everyone is a keeper and a stud, so you can't really knock it, can you? No, you can't. And I guess we just need to be comfortable with the fact that the salary cap's going up. So oh, yeah. it makes sense that the guy who signs last is the Maybe. guy who's going to get the most. Because on the surface, and Marcel Darius is a good young player, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't think that he's one of my top 15 players that's going to break the bank. You know, but maybe because he's so young – and he has had a good first three years, but oh, you got to pay myself. him. He's dominant. Yeah, but and like that, that line is dominant. But like that, I mean. But then again, <laughs> you know, with the salary cap going up, this is not a situation where you're hamstrung, Buffalo, if you keep Darius, right? You still have Darius. a lot of money to go around, and Lord knows they're not paying a quarterback because they don't really have a quarterback. Watch, wait, watch, watch your mouth, player. We'll talk about him later. Don't disrespect. Since he started in, in, in back in college in the, was it like oh eight oh nine or something? So don't don't, don't well don't, yeah, that's but, right. Don't disrespect <laughs> him. Wait, but I gotta ask you this: Did you notice your boy got a no trade clause from the Giants, Eli Manning? How do you like that? Would the Giants really have traded him? I, I guess. No, yeah. I don't think they would have, but. Hey, you know, that's kind of rare, you know, to get the that's no trade clause. Cool. Yeah. Good for him. He wants to end, you know, in New York and he he'll do well off the field. His commercials with DirecTV are actually really funny. Both the Mannings are going to make a killing of whatever they do. I think there'll be a bidding war for Peyton between ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS to try to get him. So, and Eli, I'm sure the same thing. And let's get to on the field. I got a clap. The New England Patriots won. They ruined my birthday. That's okay. I kind of expected it, predicted it on the show. So did you. 28-21, Patriots win over the Steelers. Kind of a sloppy I think way, I, Hold on. Let me clap for me. I think I predicted that exact score. Oh, yeah, did you? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Bro- Brother Ray, as Randall called you, Randall Cunningham. He's like, all right, Ray. <laughs> I love that interview. All right, Ray. Go ahead, Ray. <laughs> So, but listen, it it was Gronk, Gronk, and more Gronk. And Brady, like we both thought and we saw, he was an assassin with that football. And when Brady is pissed and feels disrespected in the Patriots, they will go for the guzzler. This is going to be a season where Brady could easily put up 40 touchdowns and maybe more. I, I just think 
Edelman, you know, you need more. And then, of course, Deion Lewis from Pittsburgh shows up, and he's like, wait a minute, I'm the new running back in town. So good for them. Great celebration. You saw the guys there, Troy Brown and Willie McGinnis and Ty Law and the, 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 tro- the Super Bowl flag and yada, yada, yada. But I got to bring this point up. The Steelers decided to not go any further with it. They're cool with everything. But once again, shenanigans. And Tomlin came out and said, look, it was the whole first half, and this always happens when we play at this stadium. And to me, that is very, very serious and damning. And to me, I can't believe that it's just an accident, Ray, that the sidelines that they're listening to the Patriots radio broadcast from WEEI, are you kidding me? Come on. It's, you know what Come it is? It's Come on, unacceptable. man. <laughs> it's unacceptable. This is an organization that prides itself on being the class of the NFL. This is an owner who says, oh, yes, we're the classiest people and we do things the right way. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is not high school. This is not college. This is the pros. This is a relatively this is a relatively new stadium. If this happened at Lambeau Field, you might be like, all right, well, you know, Lombardi and, and all these guys, they might have some interference in the stands and, and the concrete and whatever. This is a relatively new stadium. They opened it up 10 years ago or so against the Steelers, ironically enough. So this is really unacceptable. And once again, they get a pass. They should be completely lambasted for this. Even if there's no shenanigans, even if they, they, they caught it just in time and they shut everybody down, of course it's an advantage because you're the road team. So you don't need things malfunctioning on you during, the, during your uh, game. But during I don't like his arrogance. Game. Belichick made it seem like, well, this happens at other stadiums and we just, you know, we, we coach it up. We prepare for, you know, hand signals and stuff. As if to say, we don't make excuses and the Steelers, Steelers should have prepared for it. And to me, well, it's, it's like, good that it happened to the Steelers because, I mean, not that I want it to happen to the Steelers, but the Steelers are a no-nonsense, no-excuses franchise. So they took the high road, but they, everybody knows that this is really ridiculous. It's unacceptable, and somebody needs to do something about it. Now, the problem is the person who can do something about it, Roger Goodell, wasn't even there because now he and his BFFs are not BFFs anymore. So uh, they have a problem. Don't get me started on the whole thing. And to me, you're right. I don't want to let this go. No, we're not crying. Our secondary didn't gra- you know, guard Gronk and we we're messing up. But, you know, we still only lost by seven and we didn't even play a great game. But to me, if that's in our headphones and then you, yours were sort of messing up, but you guys had to really, they had to cut theirs off because ours were, were messed up. How do we know how long it was between, you know, ours being messed up and yours being okay for a while? And then they said when the referee went to the Patriots' sideline, the Steelers' side would mess up again. And when the referee was on the Steelers' sideline, it would be fine. That is insane. That's from Steelers.com. I mean, this is just – it's unacceptable. You're right. And we got to move on because I will just go crazy thinking about this. But like I told you, I'm not worried about week one because we'll face them again in the playoffs and we will handle these boys. Trust me when I tell you. I saw enough good things, even with Cody Wallace starting at center for Ponzi. D'Angelo Williams, you want to talk about fantasy, putting up 122 for 21 carries, doing his thing. Edelman got busy, all the catches, 11. Gronk had five, three touchdowns. Brady and, and Ben were fantasy darlings. So it was a good, you know, there were stats in the game. But better believe when we have our guns, we're going to handle this team. So I'm not worried. Not worried. Uh, let's, let's, we'll get back to the NFL. Let's, let's get into college football because this is going to be probably one of the most wide open seasons, I think, in a long time. And we might see some weird outcomes this week. We got three big games, but, you know, obviously week one, you know, we know what happened. There were some good matchups. But one of the teams that's playing this week 
they were kind of stormed out in LSU. So we'll get to that game. Let's start off with the sort of the first matchup. Number 19, Ray, Oklahoma. Your boys, the Sooners. Going to the Volunteers, number 23, Tennessee. I'll let you stab at it first. Two ranked teams, two big conferences. What do you think? So, you know what? Tennessee is going to sneak up on people this year. They're actually really a decent squad. And I think that they are ready for prime time. I just don't know if they're ready for the Oklahoma Sooners, right? So, the Sooners played terribly last week, too many penalties. I think they'll fix that in practice. I think they'll be ready on the field. Uh, what, Sto- what Bob Stoops has done, interestingly enough, he, you know, they had that quarterback dilemma, right? And we had a couple of guys in Trevor Knight and Cody Thomas that, that thought they were going to start, but they didn't. So it's your <laughs> boy Baker. Baker Mayfield is the new starting quarterback, and everybody right. feels good about him. So, you know what? I think, ultimately, the Sooners have too much offense, and they're going to put up 31 in Tennessee. And I think Tennessee, you know, they're, they're a young team. They're going to they're gonna play okay. I think they'll, they'll lose, though. I think 31-24 is my score. High-scoring game here, and I think just – the Oklahoma offense is going to be too much. You know, I'd, I'd have to agree with you off the bat. The one thing I will say is Butch Davis has got these boys believing in themselves. I think they're, they're ready to play well at home. I think they're going to be probably one or two in the SEC East. They're going to have a big season. But I do think you're right. This is not the week for them to flex that. They'll probably finish up 10-2. and two. I can see them losing only one maybe SEC game and having a great run and shocking some people. But the Sooners week one, I mean week two in this matchup, I think they go to Tennessee and they throw it all over the field, get some good turnovers. I think your boy Baker is going to be a shot maker. And Oklahoma wins 34-27. Wow, okay, big high-scoring game as well. Yeah, man. So next up, this is the one I was talking about, LSU. They they did not get to play against McNeese State. So they're going up against Mississippi State. And remember last year, Mississippi State and my man, Dax Prescott, upset them at LSU. So now it's back in Mississippi. This is going to be fun. What are you talking about? So here's the thing. So it's kind of interesting because – there was lightning last week for LSU, so they didn't get to play. Was at McNeese State, and in some ways, it adds mystery and intrigue to this game, right? Because there's no game tape from them. On Brandon year. Harris, yeah, right. And, and, and Brandon Harris didn't have much from last year, so you know he was pretty erratic last year as a, as a freshman. But how has he improved? We don't know. LSU's always had difficulties on offense. You know they're great on defense. Now, remember, they lost their defensive coordinator, though. He went to Texas A&M. So that was a little shot across the bow, right? Mississippi State beat them last year. I think that's going to put a sour taste in their mouth. Uh, Your boy Dak Prescott is the man, and he can certainly play. And back in Starkville, you know they're they're going to – the crowd's going to be into it. They're going to play great, but – I don't know, somehow Les Miles doesn't typically lose two in a row. So I think that they still have a bitter taste in their mouth from last year. They're going to find a way to, to, to use the tight ends up the middle. They're going to run the ball. They're going to keep it a low-scoring defensive game, just like they know how, and really contain Dak Prescott. That, that's their number one goal. So I think they, they keep it close, and they win in typical LSU fashion. They're going to win 19-16. Wow. Well, I'll say this. Mississippi State, they did lose some talent. They got the quarterback where LSU, that's in question. It's number 14 and it's number 25. And for me, LSU, yeah, I think, I think Brandon Harrison is going to light it up and he's got something to prove. I look for, you know, they have good wide receiver talent. 
But I look for the, the, the sophomore, Leonard Fournette, who is the Heisman candidate. I think this kid is going to explode this year. And I look for him to put up pro- probably 150, Ray. He's going to have a he'll big game. He'll be in New York. I think he'll be in New York in December. Oh, he will be in New York. Leonard Fournette is the truth. He'll be in New York. And I think LSU, they could be kind of a sneaky team this year. Watch for a lot of bubble screens. And I think they wind up pulling away. I'm going to go 26-17. And that 17 is going to have to be some special plays from Dax Prescott. This LSU defense, they get after it. Les Miles has got some boys, some, some big boys down there. 26-17, LSU Tigers. So now, Ray, the big one. The big daddy. The big one. Number, number seven against number five. The Oregon Ducks going to the Spartans of Michigan State. And this time, last year, they, they got to play last year. So these guys have seen each other. And Michigan State's seen that speed. But this time, there's no Mariota. But there's Vernon Adams. What do you think? Well, there may not be Vernon Adams, and that's why I think uh-huh. that Michigan State wins this game because Vernon so Adams got pulled he's out healthy, of the right? game From last injury. week. Yeah, and they're worried about him, and he hasn't passed all of his tests, so he may or may not be ready. Either way, though, remember that this Michigan State, everybody remembers that Oregon won, which they did. But remember that Marcus oh, Mariota yeah. put put up twenty eight unanswered. So they were actually down twenty seven eighteen, and then he put up twenty eight unanswered. And I think they won forty six twenty seven. So this Michigan State team played great last year for three quarters. Now Connor Cook is back. I think they have a bitter taste in their mouth. This game is going to be in East Lansing. I just have a feeling that Oregon, especially without the quarterback, or at least the quarterback not being at 100%. He's no Marcus Mariota, right? Adams was just okay even in his opener, right? He was 19 for 25, I think, 246. So he did, he did okay. Freeman's going to be a big, uh, a, a big X factor here, right? Because if Adams isn't 100%, Royce Freeman w- went for a career high last week, 180, but this is not Michigan State, right? And you know Mark D'Antoni's teams can always play defense. So I like Michigan State. I like the revenge factor. I like the senior Connor Cook. I think they're going to do just fine. They're going to put up points, and they're going to contain the crazy high-powered Mark Helfrich offense. So I got 31-26 Michigan State. Go with the home team. Well, you, you you broke it down well, and it's one of those situations where I think Vernon will play because I think they'll, you know, this isn't the NFL. I think they'll be like, oh, you know, how oh, he passed the test. You know, he's got to go. <laughs> this is a big game. <laughs> this is one that could uh, determine if Oregon can go to the playoffs. And my issue is week one against Eastern Washington, the defense did not look good. They gave up over 500 yards. Now, Oregon is a team that returns a lot of people back. They scored 61 a game last year and gave up 42. Michigan State, they only gave up 24 a game. You know, they scored 37. So these guys, when you look at the matchup, you you think Oregon, could they be stopped offensively? And I think this year, I like Vernon Adams, but I don't think he's Mariota and not in this system, definitely not yet. Mariota was a master teacher in this system. And I think Michigan State at home, I think they got enough juice. I think Connor Cook, he's trying to prove to the NFL that he's ready. He's like Big Daddy Kane, I'm ready. So I think this might be him and Michigan State's coming out party. And I think Michigan State with that defense, they slow down Oregon enough and they find a way to actually hold them under 30 points. And they win 32-28 over Oregon State. Go, Sparty, go. Michigan gets the win. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's, Let's go from Saturday to Sunday. Let's talk about it. Week one, 
Well, you know what's so funny? I'll say this. If you're going to talk NFL on Ray and Tay and you got to give some picks and we'll do some, we'll go through a bunch of games and in each game, Ray and Tay will give out our fantasy stud to look for. We're talking a lot of fantasy this year. And if you're going to do fantasy, Ray, you got to tell the people, man, they need to do FanDuel because FanDuel has got the best daily or weekly and daily games, but weekly for NFL, right? Daily for the NBA and baseball, stuff like that. But FanDuel is the way to go. They match the first $200 you put in. And to me, if you're going to do it and you're going to, you know, get in these weekly, you know, daily weekly games, you got to go to FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com and, and check them out. And Ray and Tay, we're all about fantasy. We might even have to give out our rosters if we have time at the end of the show for our, our league. Here you go. You are now listening to NFL Talk. Ray, 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 Oh, yes. Let's do it. There was a great warm-up on Thursday. Let's get all the rest of the games in, or most of them anyway. All right. So, start off, I'm going to take first stab at this one. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. This one right here to me, it's a battle of good defenses that are trying to become great. And this season, both of these teams could do that. So then you look at Hoyer and Alex Smith, the running backs, Forster's not there. You got Alfred Blue and um, what's my man, uh, Chris Polk and Grimes, but Chris Polk from Hard Knocks, right? Chicken and, chicken and shrimp, chicken and shrimp, bang, bang, chicken and shrimp. <laughs> so we'll see if he gets <laughs> a playing time with the bang, bang, chicken and shrimp and the mama making the T-shirts. I like Hard Knocks this year. I think Clowney and Watt have a big game. But I actually think your guy, Charles, Jamal Charles, and a little Niles Davis and Jeremy Macklin show up in Houston, maybe attack that secondary a little bit, Travis Kelsey as well. They get some touchdowns, and they win a tough matchup, 21-20, Chiefs at Houston. I like that analysis. The only thing I'll say is, Offenses usually don't catch up to defenses until three, four weeks into the season. So I'm actually going to say that Houston offensively is going to struggle. And I I like Kansas City like you do, but I actually think they're going to play fairly well. And they have some continuity, so they're going to win bigger than you think. I think they're going to win 27-17. Wow. Okay. So now this is a, a kind of a darling matchup. I know I have both these teams in the playoffs. Ray likes Buffalo as well. But this is Andrew Luck against, yes, folks, Tyrod Taylor and Rex Ryan and his crew. The Colts are going into Buffalo. I think LaShawn McCoy is not going to be 100%, maybe 90. I think he'll be good enough and he's going to play. And I'm interested to see, can the Colts, run on this defense and can they keep Andrew Luck up enough that he's not throwing some bad turnovers and interceptions. I think Rex is going to bring the kitchen sink. And I think the bills are actually going to shock the Colts week one in Buffalo. That stadium is going to be rocking and rolling. He's going to have some trick plays. Tyrod Taylor. We're going to see a little coming out party. He's going to run for almost a hundred, throw for almost 200. You'll see Sammy Watkins and Harvin and some of these guys do some things. But I think Buffalo pulls out a a fascinating game. I'll go 26-24 Bills in the upset. I disagree. I think that Tyrod Taylor is not really an NFL starting quarterback. And he has to prove it before I can see it now. The fact that he beat out Ooh. E.J. Manuel and Matt Castle, not that exciting to me. Ooh. I think Indianapolis goes out and blows them out. I think Indianapolis puts up 37 and Buffalo Ooh. puts up 17. 
No I think respect this is a for your defense. Come on. No respect. You're old school. No respect. No and you need respect. respect. What's Tyrod's last no name? Respect the man. Respect no that respect. man. He's from, he from the Klan. That's the Taylor Klan. Tyrod's going to show you, player. All right. C.Y. Hilton. C.Y. Hilton is your fantasy player in this game. Three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay, so – I'm going to have to say the fantasy guy for me is Tyrod. We didn't say. For, now, who is it for you for Kansas City Houston? Who's your fantasy stud? Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, I'm going with Macklin over 100 yards and a touchdown as well. So, okay, now we got Seattle at St. Louis. Ray, fascinating because this could be a 6-3 to three game with these defenses. The one thing I'll say about the Rams, I think they finally have a quarterback who will play 16 games, don't love the receivers, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Benny Cunningham, the third-string running back, who's still really good, uh, starting for the Rams. But it's hard to run on Seattle's defense, even without Cam Chancellor. Cam's going to miss the money. He'll be back after week one. He won't be trying to prove a point in this whole season because that's 267000 each week, and he'd be crazy to do that. So at the end of the day, I think Seattle, they want to erase the taste of that loss out of their mouth so quickly. And part of it will be Wilson to Graham. Beast mode, well, eh, not much. I think the fantasy guy for this game, it's actually going to be Tyler Lockett, the rookie. He might take one to the house from special teams, and I think he'll get six for 70 receiving. I think the Seahawks go into St. Louis, beat the Rams 20 to 13. Tough game. So unlike Tyrod Taylor, I actually like Nick Foles, and I think that Nick Foles, for having one of the better years that a quarterback has had in the last 15 years, he kind of got disrespected this past year, and I hope he does well in St. Louis. They need to get him better offensive receivers. Uh, I think his running game is going to be great, especially when Gurley, you know, hits full stride maybe midseason. And plug so, four, your yeah, boy, plug four. And and Mason needs to get yeah, he needs to get healthy. But but between yeah. Cunningham and, and Mason and Gurley, that might be the best running attack. And Jeff Fisher's a running coach, right? Eddie George style, he's gonna run the ball. So mm. they're gonna be fine. Just not today. <laughs> not Sunday. <laughs> and Cam Chancellor or no Cam Chancellor, the Seattle Seahawks are a better team. I think the Seahawks find a way to integrate Jimmy Graham. My player here, though, is Russell Wilson. I think the touchdowns that Marshawn Lynch used to get are now going to be Russell Wilson to Jimmy Graham. So look for Seattle to pull away in the fourth quarter and win 24-16. Okay. So we, we, we both got that one pretty close. So the New Orleans Saints are coming out here by the time they get to Arizona to play the Cardinals. This is going to be an interesting matchup. You've got uh, a lot of stars, a lot, a lot of names here. Um, in this game, it looks like C.J. Spiller is not going to be going. Uh, Chris Johnson and Ellington still kind of a little banged up, but I think they're going to go. So I'm going to tell you this. I love Breeze. I love what the Saints can do. And I think not having Graham and Kenny Stills, there's a lot of targets out there for the old man Colston, Brandon Coleman, and the stud of this team, Brandon Cook. And we're not having Spiller. They're going to have to go run Ingram and have him do a lot. But I don't think it will be enough in Arizona to beat John Brown, Fitzgerald, and what I think Arizona is going to be able to do defensively. So I think Arizona, Palmer will, will, will sling it around enough because you know Bruce Arians, he does not play scared. I think they'll actually be able to squeak this game out 28-27 with a late drive from Arizona to win the game on a touchdown. 28-27, Arizona beats the New Orleans Saints in the desert. I like that it's a close game. I like that it's a squeaker. But in a close game, I'm taking Drew Brees in the fourth quarter. I think he drives that. Exactly. Despite not having Spiller, who I do think is going to contribute, a la Darren Sproles of three years ago. All those guys you mentioned, Brown and Fitzgerald and, and uh, uh, well, Andre Ellington to me, we talked about this in our pregame. He's the key to that team because he's really the explosive X factor. Uh, Carson Palmer, we'll see how he is, if he's fully recovered, if he's healthy. He's a veteran, though. He knows how to he play. He looks good. He looks good. 
Yeah, I just I just like Drew Brees. Early in the season, road game, he's going to be fired up. They're disappointed, you know, in what happened last year. Losing Jimmy Graham, I think, hurt. But you know what? He's got his boy Marcus Colston. Mark Ingram's going to run for 90 yards. My guy is going to be cooked, even even with Patrick Patrick Peterson on him. I think that he's going to make uh, Breeze and, and his receivers always have great timing, and they always use the center of the field. I like Breeze on a, on a last-minute drive to win 30, a pretty high-scoring game, 31-27. Okay, and Brandon Cooks is your fantasy stud? Yep. You know, I'm gonna. I was bouncing back and forth. My fantasy stud's gonna be the old man, Larry Fitzgerald. I think Larry gets a lot of PPR points. That's right. The the the, the future Hall of Famer. I think Larry. Got to see if we can get back to tweeting with his dad. I think Larry's gonna wind up with eight receptions and a touchdown. I think uh, he'll he'll see pay dirt and get to the end zone. So this should be a fun game. That's w- definitely one to watch for. Now another. There's a lot of good games week one. You got to give it to the NFL. Um, Detroit Lions at the San Diego Superchargers. This is a really tough interconference matchup week one. Stafford and Rivers both um, have had interesting last three seasons. You know, they're up and down with good and players around them are healthy. I think at the end of the day, if everybody's healthy, this is going to be a shootout. And I think it will be. No Gates, but that's okay because he'll be a stud when he gets back. At the end of the day, though, I think this one is going to come down to the rookies, Amir Abdullah against Melvin Gordon. And I think when it all said and done, I think we're going to see Melvin Gordon start to come out and shine. I think he gives you two TDs, a couple of receptions, only 98 yards. He won't get 100 yards, but he gets you those two TDs. And uh, maybe 30 yards, three receptions. So look for uh, San Diego to pull this one out. I'll say 30 to 27 over Detroit. Fun game. So remember that movie Weird Science where he built a perfect woman, right? <laughs> and it was, what's her name? The British. Family Jewels. What's that? No, the Family Jewels. We were talking yeah, about yeah, Big yeah, and Bad. Yeah. Exactly. So we have the perfect receiver, and his name is Calvin Johnson. Megatron. He's big. He's strong. He's Megatron. He's fast. He's got the hands. The only thing he needs to do is stay healthy, which the last two seasons he hasn't really stayed healthy. When fantasy came around, we started getting cute and drafting Antonio Bryant. And Antonio Bryant's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Antonio but Brown. We call him Brian Antonio. F. Brown. I mixed the the two, right? Antonio Brown and Des Bryant. We started (laughs) drafting, and we drafted all these guys. But at the end of the day, if you had one game and you had to pick one receiver, it's hard for me not to pick Megatron. So he's my fantasy stud. He's going to have a huge game. And I think that Matt Stafford remembers the days when he used to throw for 5,000 yards and they're going to integrate Amir Abdullah slowly. I think ultimately this is going to be about passing. I think Stafford has to carry this team for the first half of the season. I think he does. I think Megatron has three touchdowns and 125 yards. Detroit wins in a shootout, 31-20. Wow. You're going to have the Calvin Johnson fans really, really happy. So this is a, a, a good matchup, AFC, a rematch of the AFC Championship from a couple of years back. Baltimore at Denver. Those Ravens against those Broncos. This is the Kubiak Bowl because Kubiak was coaching the Ravens last year as the offensive coordinator, and now he's taking his you know talents to be the head coach for Elway in Denver. And I think he's also going to take a W with him. At the end of the day, I, I like this Raven team because they're veterans and they have one of the best coaches, if not maybe the best coach in football. He's very underrated. I love Harbaugh. Quiet. Quietly. Yeah, very quiet. A great organization. You know, uh, Ozzie Newsom, our guy, the tight end from Cleveland. I mean, he's just become a great GM. They run it really tight and well there. They, they know how to maximize their talent. 
I think Steve Smith not having enough help at wide receiver, Perryman, Rashard Perryman not being healthy yet. For set, I just think at the end of the day, Flacco will be touched. Shane Ray, Von Miller, and Demarcus Ware will get to him. I think Flacco will have some turnovers. I think Owen Daniels will be big in this game for Peyton. Cody Latimer will have his breakout. Bebe, Demarius Thomas will do well. But I think at the end of the day, Peyton Manning lights up Baltimore enough. But Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, I have him in my fantasy league. I think he gets two touchdowns, 115 yards, and is a fantasy stud. The Broncos win 34-24 over the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I agree with everything you said. I think it's going to be even more extreme than that. I think Denver's built up, pent up frustration at how the <laughs> season ended last year. Peyton Manning yeah. turns out was carrying a bad wheel for three, four weeks. He's had the off season to recover. He loses Julius Thomas, but you know what? The OD Owen Daniels is is, is not bad, right? Yeah. Latimer, I think he's going to be. Up there for rookie of the year. He's going to be a breakout young wide receiver. That's your guy. Yo, that's my guy. (laughs) Yo, that's my guy. And Demarius Thomas is Demarius Thomas. They paid that man. Like we used to say, pay that man. So I think Denver blows out Baltimore. I think Baltimore's going to have some issues until they get all of their pieces right. I think they're going to have some issues on offense. And Joe Flacco is going to get frustrated. He's going to try to do too much. I think he's going to throw three interceptions. And I think Denver blows him out here. I think Denver wins 38-13. And just, Ouch. just blows him out. Ouch, fantasy, fantasy Ouch. Stud you better not be driving down to Baltimore anytime soon. Ouch, Red. Fantasy stud C.J. Anderson because they're going to be playing yes. from my head. He'll have a good game. You're right about that. Okay, we get to Sunday night and the Monday game. Sunday night football. The New York football giants at the Dallas Cowboys race team. This is going to be fun. Victor Cruz is out of this game. So, you know, for you people knowing the cap is still jacked up, it looks like they're still tossing it up to see if McFadden or Randall will start at running back. So hold, hold on and listen Sunday morning before you put in your lineups. I think it'll probably be random, but McFadden's been healthy and looking good in practice, so we'll see. Um, yeah, Odell will do his thing, but I think the Cowboys are tired of hearing about that catch and everything, so I think they're going to try to rough him up, double, triple team him, and that means Ruben Randall's going to have to step up. And Larry Donnell. And I think they might. I think the Giants will be able to stay in this game for three quarters, but that offensive line in the fourth quarter will let whoever – <laughs> McFadden or Randall start to run it down their throats. I actually think this is going to be a game where Terrence Williams gets off. He gets a hundred yards and a touchdown, but Romo is, is my fantasy stud. No picks, three touchdowns over 300 yards, kind of a little bit of a shootout for a bit. And then Cowboys pull away. Um, I'll say they they win 31, 21 Dallas takes care of the giants. Sunday Night Football, to continue their win streak over them and make it five in a row. Which is funny because the Giants opened up beating up on Dallas in the New Jersey's world, and then two years ago, Dallas turned the tables on them. I think the same way. I think the Cowboys, this game, this game would look decidedly different, I think, if Victor Cruz were there. I don't know that Randall is ready to step up. Ruben Randall, that is, is ready to step up. My stud in this game is going to be Odell Beckham Jr., who's going Ah. to put up a monster game, but he's going to be doing it from behind. I think that the Cowboys are going to spread it out and get heavy-hitting Jason Witten the ball and get your boy Williams the ball, the running back by committee, uh, and, of course, Des Bryant's going to do his thing. So Romo will throw for 250, 300. He'll throw for maybe four touchdowns. I think Odell Beckham will be playing – from behind, I think Dallas Cowboys win 34-17, but Odell Beckham goes for 120 and two touchdowns. So he's my stud in a – you know, that's, that's the funny thing about fantasy sports, right? You could take a, a receiver on the losing squad, and he could be the fantasy stud just because he's playing from behind all Very, very yeah. true. That's how fantasy works, man. 
So, yeah, I like the Cowboys big in this game. It's why you have to watch all four quarters of the game. The NFL is uh, very fortunate that fantasy football has taken off like this. It's made their ratings and their games watchable to the last second. That's great. Monday Night Football, I love this. The NFL does this. They get this, get this right. They've been doing it for a while now. Doubleheader, 655 Eastern, ESPN, Monday Night Football. You got the Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to be honest, Ray. I'm addicted to fantasy. Five teams. On my birthday in the afternoon, I signed up for a random league with no people I know. And I couldn't even draft because I was so busy. But I let it auto-pick. And I wound up with Matt Ryan as my quarterback. So I've got interest in this game now. <laughs> okay? And I'm going to say this. The Eagles and Steelers are my Super Bowl pick. And I think Quinn, Dan Quinn, the new head coach, former Seattle defense coordinator, is going to really improve this team, but it's not going to happen this season, and it's not going to happen this week. It's going to take a long time and some talent, two, three years. Watch out. They'll have to replace Roddy White. But on this night, I'm talking 37. DeMarco Murray gets two touchdowns, five receptions, 120 yards, 50, 60 yards receiving. The Eagles win 37 to 20 over the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan will still get 300 yards passing, though. But DeMarco Murray is my fantasy stud as the Eagles spank the Falcons on Monday night. I agree 100%. I think between Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar, these two guys have a lot to prove because when you step into the shoes of Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson, those guys made a name for themselves in the NFL. These two will also. And I think that the embarrassment of riches at running back, right? You have Ryan Matthews, a first-round pick, who was a starting running back, is your second stringer. And then you have Darren Sproles, who by all accounts could be one of the most versatile and explosive backs. I think you're right. I think Philly scores 35-40. I think the Atlanta Falcons, because they're home and because they have Matt Ryan, can put up 20, maybe 25 points. So my stud here is, again, Julio Jones in a losing effort because he is by far He's the best receiver, <laughs> the best receivable, best receiver in this game, and he has that special connection with Matty Ice. So he'll put up big numbers, oh, yeah. three touchdowns, 130, you know, seven or eight receptions, but they get blown out. Philadelphia is an offensive juggernaut. Atlanta hasn't shown us any reason to think that their defense is any better than it's been the last two, three years. So Philly in a blowout. Wow. This is the last game of week one, Monday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings. This is not your grandfather's Vikings. This is not the purple people eaters, but it's now Zimmer's Zimmer's zigzag gang against the San Francisco 49ers. And it is not your, your, your own Niners from last year. We lost like what, 19 different guys. It's ridiculous. This is going to be a fascinating game because I think one, you're going to see an improved Colin Kaepernick who is working out with Kurt Warner. I think he is, has, has learned some better footwork. I think maybe he'll be more disciplined and I think that will help the Niners, and he's going to have to start to be this superhero that he has shown to be before. We'll see what Carlos Hyde or Reggie Bush can do, but at the end of the day, Navarro Bowman is alone, and it's not enough, and I think he'll have a great comeback season, and I'm happy for him. But there is two guys on this roster that I love from Minnesota, and it's Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater, very composed sophomore quarterback second year, and the man. Adrian Peterson, without a doubt, my fantasy stud of this game is going to be AP because I do not think without Justin and Alden Smith, that line can stop the run. Minnesota does is going to miss their right side of the line. Sullivan's out, and, you know, they got some new guys on the line. But it doesn't matter. It's AD, AP all day. 180 yards, two touchdowns, three receptions for 50 yards, and a ton of fantasy points. The Minnesota Vikings take care of the Niners in the building of the Super Bowl, right? They end the week at SB50 out there in Santa Clara, and AP gets all the wine he wants. 
Vikings win 30 to 17. All right. So you took Adrian Peterson. I have him in two of our leagues. So you know I love me some AP, AD <laughs> all day. So it would be the obvious pick to as my fantasy stud, and he very well might be. But just to change it up a little bit, I'm going to say same outcome. So let's say Minnesota scores 33. San Francisco, I think, struggles to score points this year. They score 17. And my stud is going to be – I'll go deep. This guy used to be a starter, used to be a stud for your old team. I'm going to say Mike Wallace. Because Adrian Peterson is going to get 8, 9, 10, 11, and possibly 12 if you can sneak a 12th man on the field in the box without the referees knowing. (laughs) So Mike Wallace is going to be able to catch. He won't catch many, but we know he has speed. And I think Mike Wallace will catch four balls for 110 yards and a touchdown and he'll be my fantasy stud in a blowout for the Minnesota Vikings, who we both think are pretty good. I'm less high on Teddy Bridgewater than you are, but you know what? North Turner has done big things with some, you know, some okay quarterbacks. He has some great quarterbacks too, but but I like the fact that North Turner is dealing with the offense and they're going to have quite a uh, quite an offensive season here if, you know, Adrian Peterson gets to put up Emmett Smith-type numbers, uh, running the ball, catching out of the backfield. I like this Minnesota Viking team. Watch out for Mike Wallace over the top, baby. Okay. So, listen, we got some time left. I don't know if you have it with you. If not, I can uh, see if I can try to, uh, you know, check it out and, and, and read it or whatever, but – I figure we should maybe try to get a little bit of our, our fantasy rosters and some guys that we have. Um, uh, let's see if I can, you know, bring it up here. I don't know what's going on, but you well, know real what? Well, quick, because we're running out of time. But, yeah, let's, let's do our real ball this time, and then we can talk about Ray and Tay next time. Okay. So, you have... Yeah, and real ball, yeah, yeah. In real ball, so let's talk about real ball. So let me let me run down my roster. I got an A minus. What did CBS give you for your roster? I think it was a B or B plus. So my roster here, I was stuck with the quarterback position because I basically took my quarterback last out of everybody. So I have a Cam Newton, Philip Rivers. I'm going to go back and forth week to week. But then I have Adrian Peterson and Melly Mel, Melvin Gordon as my running backs. Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Kyle Rudolph as my, you know, two receivers and my tight end. My flex this week, oh, and I have Arian Foster when he comes back. Uh, My flex this week is going to be Pierre Garçon. I think on a PPR basis he's going to catch quite a few balls. I have Dan Carpenter kicking outside, but very accurate for the Buffalo Bills. And my defense is a little questionable, but I have the Packers D. And this week they go up against Chicago. So those are my guys. And, and then I have off the bench, I have my number one guy is, is Arian Foster so I'm, and Cam Newton, obviously. Okay, so you, you're, you're, bank, you're banking on him coming back. Um, your yeah, boy I'm Foster. it's more He's around helpful. week four or five than it is week eight nine. All right, so – Let's see what Taylor Maid is working with here. I like this team a lot. So, at quarterback, I've got the man who put up a ton of points for me last night. I think I already have, what, 35, 37 points, Tom Brady. At running back, I'm going with – I have Le'Veon Bell, but he's sitting this week. So, I have uh, two weeks. I have Chris Ivory and Latavius Murray. Then I have wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Jeremy Macklin – Tight end, Jason Witten. And my flex, even though Mike Evans might play, he might, you know, be a little banged up still. Vincent Jackson with Winston is going to do great. My Jets defense starting. Matt Bryant in the Dome at home Atlanta, my field goal kicker. So my bench, my backup quarterback, my cousin, Tyrod Taylor. Like I said, Le'Veon Bell. So after two weeks, watch out for Ray's, for Tay's team. 
Bishop Sankey might be the number one in Tennessee. John Brown, that's right, from the Cardinals. The deep threat, he can boogie and take you deep. Zach Ertz. Keep it local. Scoring tight end, I think he's going to be good. I got Ray's guy, Yo, that's my guy, Cody Latimer, who I think will turn out to be a stud for Denver, and you saw them in action. Bad, the Patriots defense. So watch out. Watch out. I had to go with my strategy of two defenses, play the matchups. The AFC East has not a you know very easy schedule, so should be fun. Great show. Have a great sports weekend. Watch your college football and watch NFL Week One. It's finally here, Ray. Woo! Oh yeah, can't wait to talk about it. We'll talk about that plus the U.S. Open. Plus, we got to start talking baseball. We're in the home stretch, so get with us on Tuesday night. We're not going to go on Monday. We're going to be back Tuesday night after the long right. football weekend, which is great because we don't want to go during the Monday night games anyway. So it's great to see you guys back on Tuesday. Have a great sports weekend, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, and everybody enjoy the, the holiday, the Jewish holidays on Monday and Sunday night, so enjoy that. And uh, listen, thanks for listening and talking sports with friends. We're out. We're out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>